Welcome to the Miss Mindset Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you master your mind so that you can up-level your life and live with confidence, passion and fulfilment. My name is Brianna. I'm a law school graduate, teacher, teen mentor, mindset and transformation coach, bookworm, fitness junkie and student of life obsessed with learning and sharing everything there is to know about the art and science of happiness. Having worked in both the corporate and educational world, I became somewhat frustrated at the fact that we are never taught how to use our most important tool, our mind, to master emotional well-being and use it to thrive, not just to survive. My intention for this podcast is to give you the strategies, tools, encouragement and guests who will help you to rewire your mind so that you can find your version of success and live with a fulfilled mind, body and soul. episode kind of exciting um I actually I already had a different episode ready to go recorded and I was just about to get into all of the mindset things and hacks and then I realized I was sort of thinking about it I think I was on the treadmill and I was like hold on I need a bit of a bedrock or a foundation because this whole podcast and what I do is teach about mindset and then I realized Actually, I don't even know if there's a clear definition for mind. What is your mind and why is it so important? It's something we're not taught about, which is why I'm here. But we need a bedrock or a foundation for what the mind is and why it's so important. I genuinely, genuinely believe that your mind is your most important asset and tool. And it is the thing that makes you, you. And it is the thing that can create happiness and fulfillment and success and it can give you everything you need or it can destroy you because you're not taught ever how to use it or what it even is. So like it is very clear amongst all like there's different research and there's books and articles and one thing that all really successful people have in common is actually it comes back to their mindset When you think about like whether it's uh, world-class athletes, I always think of Michael Jordan for some reason as someone who's just got an epic mind. But whether you're thinking about like Elon Musk or Donald Trump or entrepreneurs, politicians, athletes, whoever it is, Beyonce, like people that are really successful in their field. And, you know, I said in the last podcast, success is completely subjective But the thing that all these people have in common is that they've mastered their mind and they know how to use it to get whatever it is thereafter. They know how to use it to achieve goals, to come back from adversity, to have have some sort of self-confidence, to build an identity and to thrive. They they know how to use their mind. Um, And it's really frustrating to me, especially having worked in schools that there's nowhere where kids are where are we taught this like I have got um three degrees I've I went through a whole um course university course to become a qualified educator and nowhere was I taught 
you know, what what is the human mind and how do we use it and why it's so, so, so important. We come out of school not knowing who we are, what we're into, um, tools for decision-making or for resilience or whatever it is. We're not taught about it. And so it just frustrates me and I do all my own research and I've spent lots of money over the last few years doing other bits of um, qualifications and my own research to figure it out so that I can help people better um, and so that they can sort of use it to their advantage because I've seen that it literally is, it is the thing that can completely tear you apart or be an asset and we need to be taught how to use it if it's going to become an asset to us and not the opposite. So I just want to talk real quick real quick I want to talk as quick as I can as um, clear as I can about what actually is the mind and it's such an interesting one because when I say like right now even if I say to you now like picture your mind what image is it that comes up in in your head what do you visualize and a lot of the time I guess we picture a brain but our brain is not our mind. It, our brain can think, but it's not our mind. It's the, think it like it's actually a little bit like crazy when you think about it. Your brain is not your mind. So what is your mind? Like we have Albert Einstein's brain in a lab somewhere, I think in Canada or America, they have Albert Einstein's brain in a lab after he's been dead for decades and it's useless because it's his brain. It's not his mind. What is it? It's like our mind is the unseen part of our personality. It is our, like I said, it's our fortune teller. It, it, is, it builds our identity. It helps us to think. It keeps us alive. It creates our attitudes, our behaviors. It is absolutely everything. It's the most important thing we have. It's our tool. And I like to sort of, just to sort of break it down into a more understandable or clear sort of um, image, I always picture the mind as two minds. You've got your conscious mind and you've got your subconscious mind. Or you could think about your conscious mind as like your intellectual brain, your lizard brain, your reptilian part of the brain, and it's there functioning to help you think, to plan. It's there for your short-term memory. And they reckon that your conscious mind or your intellectual mind is responsible for about 10%, 10% of your actions, your behaviors, your personality. The rest of it, the 90% is your subconscious mind. And that is like your emotional mind where it's got your feelings, your habits, your identity, your beliefs. Um, I guess psychology would say it's more your limbic or your mammal brain and yeah, it's your emotional part and that is actually responsible for more like 90% of our actions, thoughts, behaviours, processes, our identity and what makes us, us, what, how we're wired certain ways is all because of our subconscious mind and the thing is these two minds where our conscious and our subconscious mind they're very very different and it's really important to understand how they can be used as tools so 
if you think about your conscious mind, that part of you that is taking in outside sensory information, whether that's like taste, smell, sight, touch, whatever it is, it takes in ideas and information and it bring it has thoughts, it has intellectual conscious thoughts. You can, your conscious mind can actually, this is the part I love, I love, 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 knowing this can change your life. So listen carefully. Your conscious mind can accept or reject any idea that gets thrown into it. So you can observe these thoughts or ideas that come into your conscious awareness and then you've got the ability to accept or reject them. And that can be used to your advantage in so many different ways. But the thing that's really important is that what we accept and usually that's through and often it gets embedded into our subconscious mind because we've accepted it either through repetition or impact, but things get then embedded into our subconscious mind, which actually can't accept or reject. It's only deductive. It believes whatever you tell it, whether that thing is true or not. So to put it, to put an example out there, Say you have the conscious thought, you have this thought that you're aware of and it comes into your mind, you get this idea into your mind and it says, I can't run that next 100 meters or I can't do, I can't speak in front of people, I get too nervous. You can accept or reject that idea because it's not necessarily true. It's just a thought that's come into your consciousness And when you can accept or reject it, you choose what to embed into your subconscious mind, which is then responsible for your thoughts, actions, processes, results, everything in your life. So you've got to really consciously consider what you're accepting to come into your conscious or intellectual lizard brain, your conscious mind. So this is Viktor Frankl. He is, and if you haven't read the book, A Man's Search for Meaning, it's such a good one for thinking about this. He was a Viennese uh, Jewish prisoner of war and he was in Auschwitz and he survived. And he talks about in his book how it didn't matter what he was put through. He was tormented. He was put through the most hellish conditions. It was, Auschwitz was Auschwitz was hell on earth and if you can imagine someone who's been put through the most horrific psychological and physical abuse his power and the thing that he discovered was that nobody could make him choose his thoughts that was his only power and it is our power we have the ability to choose and accept or reject any thought or idea that comes into our mind. And we need to be really aware of that so that we can reject what doesn't serve us and reject what isn't propelling us into some sort of um, idea that we want. And what is really interesting about this lizard brain, the conscious mind, the intellectual mind, is that it has actually developed and evolved over time to keep us alive. It is there to protect us from danger and to keep us fed and to keep us um, out of harm's way. So 
if you think about that, like evolutionarily, evolutionarily, that was really great because we actually were running from saber-toothed tigers or we may have had famine and that lizard brain would talk to us, that conscious mind would bring us an idea that said, hey, I need to eat, I'm starving. And it, it served its purpose, it kept us alive. But in a modern context, it's still there chattering away and doing these things and saying these things to us that actually don't always serve us anymore. Now we've got this chatter, the reptilian thinking brain that's saying like, oh, don't do that, everybody's looking at me or um, no, I can't do that because X, Y, Z. And just at least understanding that our thoughts aren't necessarily true and they could just be that lizard brain chattering away telling us you know you're in danger when you're actually not you're safe you're fed you've got a home you've got no immediate imminent danger maybe it's actually just your subconscious mind bringing up wounds from the past to protect you or it's your subconscious mind um telling it's it's coming up and telling you that you can't do this because someone when you were 10 told you you couldn't. At least understanding that unless you're in danger, it's probably not true, not helpful, not serving you and you do have the ability to actually reject it or at least give it some real conscious thought. Where has that idea or thought process come from? Um, is it serving me? And if not, reject it. Don't allow it into your subconscious mind, into your emotional being, because it won't serve you and it will keep coming up and destroying you. So think about your thoughts and then decide, is this just the lizard brain that's there to try and keep me alive? Can I reject this thought because it's actually not going to serve me at all? So we can accept or reject anything. And what we accept goes into our subconscious mind, which runs 90% of our actual results. Um, One thing that's really interesting too is that from the ages of zero to seven, we are like a sponge. We don't actually have the reasoning and the intellectual skills yet to reject any idea or thought or um, programming, I guess, that comes into us. So we're, we're literally just a sponge taking in and accepting. We're like, we have no um, security gate, if you will, to say, actually, no, I'm not going to accept that idea or that thought and I'm not going to allow that into my subconscious. At Between the ages of around zero to seven, we're just a sponge and we have to accept anything because... Our brain actually hasn't developed the higher frequencies to have all of those reasoning skills. Um, It's usually they're in a lower frequency. EEG scans actually do show this scientifically. We're not in a position to use our um, reasoning skills and our lizard brain yet. So everything is accepted because our subconscious mind can't reject So that means when we were from the ages of zero to seven, we did accept everything that was sort of brought into our awareness. And often that means now it's embedded in our subconscious mind somewhere and our thoughts, actions, beliefs, results, whatever it is, they have some of the... um, our personality exists because of things that we actually don't remember 
and it was given to us from our parents or the media or other people around us. So that's just an interesting thing to note. From the ages of zero to seven, you've got no gateway, no uh, protector to help us decide what our thoughts will be. Um, And so I just think this is an amazing thing to be aware of because when you realize that your conscious mind has thoughts that come into it or ideas that are brought into its awareness, you sort of can then decide what you're going to accept, what you're going to reject, what serves you, what doesn't serve you. And then through either impact or through repetition, it gets embedded into our subconscious mind, which then controls our life. Because of that, we have to think really, really, really consciously about what we are allowing into our subconscious mind. And it's so easy for us to say, yeah, 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 I understand that. But do we actually consciously decide what we are allowing into our subconscious mind through repetition? What are you scrolling? What are you looking at? What's being embedded into your subconscious mind without conscious conscious awareness of it? Like, We are alive and doing things all day, every day, often going through motions unconsciously. Think about your drive to work. Like when you're driving to work, you are actually doing so many things unconsciously because your brain actually just knows how to do those things. Now you're sipping coffee, you're changing gears, you're looking out for traffic, you're listening to music, maybe you've got kids in the back. And you're actually doing all of these things unconsciously. So we can be living our lives unconsciously until we bring attention back to our thoughts and then think about what we're going to allow in. Um, I think that this stuff is like groundbreaking when you actually understand it. We have the ability to accept or reject any thoughts, any ideas, and then they are embedded into our subconscious mind which then determines our actions behaviors beliefs identity and results in life so I have more uh, coming about that and how to change the results through using your mind but I just thought very interesting to think about those two different parts of the brain or mind your conscious and your subconscious and how important they are for deciding on the results you are going to have so That's all just as a little bit of a bedrock or foundation as to what the mind is, how it will help you when you learn how to use it and how to use both of those minds, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, the intellectual mind and the emotional mind, how to use them to serve you. Because until we know how to use them to serve us, we're running around unconsciously accepting any sort of thoughts without giving it much of our attention. So this is the tool, the asset that we all have and when we learn how to use it, that's when we see results. So hope that helps. Um, The next few episodes I will go into a little bit more detail about uh, how to use particularly our subconscious or emotional mind to get the results we want. But for now, hopefully that helps with some understanding. (laughs) Have a good day.